The Metis Tech Show. Welcome to the Metis Tech Show, a show for HVAC professionals by HVAC professionals. The Metis Tech Show. So, Steve, have you ever tried pho? No, but I see restaurants um, all over Georgia that sell pho, and I've always wanted to try it, and I've heard great things about it. Um, I don't know what's in it. Uh, there's, a, there's actually a pho restaurant we got to go to when we get back to Boston. It's in Framingham, right on Main Street. And it's, right. it's basically this soup. It's super good. It's got... All kinds of stuff in there. I think the key to the soup is the broth, uh, you know. And but the really cool thing about it is all this junk that's in there. I think it's rice noodles. But then they give you the protein. They give you the meat sliced really thin on a plate, and it's raw. And the soup is nice and hot. And you put the meat in there, and it cooks right in front of you. Is it? Does it have tofu in it? Well, you can get it with tofu, but I don't think anybody in their right mind would. Uh, why wouldn't you get meat in it? I guess. Yeah. But we have Katie, Katie here, who was. Um, well, we'll talk about that later, but Katie knows a little bit about pho. Uh, it, it's actually pho. It's spelled pho. <laughs> P-H-O. It's spelled pho, but I'm Vietnamese. It's pronounced pho. Oh, well, I guess I can't argue with that. <laughs> okay. We'll just learn something. Yeah, because I've right. been calling it's, it pho, yeah, pho all my life. Pho. Okay. Pho. pho. All right. I can figure that out. Do you know how to make it? Do you make it? Oh, I do. So when I was growing up, every Sunday afternoon, I would make pho completely from scratch with my mom. Um Absolutely delicious chicken. Um, in the broth, you put cinnamon sticks, star anise. Oh, wow. Uh, whole cloves, whole peppercorns. Absolutely delicious. Mm. A little bit of sugar and fish sauce. And then what we would do with the leftover broth is put it in ice cube trays and stick it in the freezer. And we would make pho cubes. What? Hold on. What? Pho ice cubes, but without okay. the ice. So we, growing <laughs> okay. up, we thought that that was hilarious. So cubes of pho. Or as you just call them, a pho, pho cubes. cubes. We have to make sure we pause there because we don't yes. want to get... Yeah, well, I, I'd know. have to edit that out. <laughs> yeah. but we're okay. All right. As long as so, the pause is in there. I think we should just go with cubes just to be safe because if we talk too fast, it just may come out wrong. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. All right. So Robin, have you ever had pho? I have had pho. I yes. mean, that's what I meant. Pho. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Quality chicken broth. Delicious. Can you use beef? Absolutely. Yeah. I guess it's allowable. Yeah, and and what's your what's your feeling on tofu? Perfectly acceptable. Mm. Okay. Why? Yeah, yeah I, why I don't you? I don't like squishy. Why would you not? I don't know what it is. It's it's I, disgusting. I kind of pick it out, put it to it the side. The but flavor. Yeah, yeah. No, my wife tries it. She goes, "Try this tofu. You can make it taste like steak." And I'll say, "You know something." Steak I can make like steak, steak taste like steak. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, Robin, Katie, Katie, we'll start with you. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your background. Yes. So I'm Katie. I'm from the Portland, Oregon train office. As the DSG slash DTS or ductless technical specialist, I've been in this role for three years now. Um, I've been a DSG member for about a year and a half, and I've been a certified trainer for a week. All right. And uh, speaking of DSGs, I forgot to mention, you might hear some background noise. We're at the 2023 DSG conference in Alpharetta in Georgia. Robin, tell us a little bit about you and your background and what you do and so on. 
Sure. I am with Train Texas. I'm on the commercial side. I'm the VRF team leader. So I uh, have the ductless sales specialist and the ductless technical specialists underneath me. I've been at DSG for mm, two years, maybe. And is this, I know you were at last year's DSG conference too. Katie, yep. were you there last year or is this your first? I was there last year. You were? Okay. You were awesome. There. Well, so welcome again. So um, we did, back in, in March of this year, um, we did a Women in HVAC special podcast. Our director of field marketing, uh, Patty Gillette, hosted, and we had an apprentice on there. We had a business owner on there and a seasoned technician, all of which were women. And I remember reading at that time, according to the government statistics, less than 2% of all HVAC technicians are women, Right. And I, for one, am glad to see women in, in the trade. I used to um, teach at a private trade school, and, and there was something about the female technicians. They, they were head and shoulders above their male peers yeah. because they had something to prove, and, and they really had tried hard, and, and they would really picked it up. So I'm all for it. Yeah, shout out to uh, Kelsey from uh, up in Boston. She's um, been one of my students before, and... She's been a technician for over 10 years, and now she owns her own business. And when she's in my class, um, everybody else is just floored. You know, when when she talks about HVAC, when she talks about VRF, um, M&P, and she's just so knowledgeable. It's it's just so awesome. Um, I was trying to figure out. It was who else was there? There was Cree, who was a business owner, and Bailey. Bailey Bailey was was... uh, the person she got hired uh, because she actually went to the offices and by herself to ask for a job where all these other guys were having their moms call to see if we were, you know, if these offices were hiring wow. and she's sharp, all of them are sharp. Cause you know, they, especially Kelsey, I've trained her, you know, 10 years ago, she was in my class. Yep. So it's all about the training, you know, so good for them. So um, tell us a little bit, you know, Robin, we'll start with you. Tell us a little bit about uh, a day in the life of Robin as a DSG? You know, back in the day I was doing applications and I really do miss that, but now I get to get on the phone with my contractors and help them with technical support all day, every day. Awesome. Oh, beautiful. Do you do site visits? I do, absolutely. Yeah. And Katie, what, what, what does the day in the life of Katie look like? A little bit of everything. So I help engineers make equipment selections. I do um, startup assistance. I do site visits. I do technical support. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. So what would you say is your favorite thing about your job right now? I'll start. Um, So my favorite thing about my job is I get to work with everybody on a job site. So I um, I get to see buildings start from engineer narratives and I get to start them up when they're all finished and built. And then I see people either working or living in them and it's just really cool. Gratifying, right? So gratifying just watching a project go from literally beginning to finish. Robin. I agree. That's awesome. But I would have to say that I am constantly learning. I did not come from a contractor background, which a lot of my contractors you know, they have a very technical background, and I started with applications. I have an engineering degree. I did not do the hands-on work. Wow. So I'm learning Same. things Feel every good. single day. Yeah. Well, let's address the elephant in the room. And wh- why did you all look at me just then? Okay, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, how, do, how do contract? You show up on a, on a job site. So women in this in- industry, less than 2%. So that's rare. 
So what are some of the reactions that you get from men when you go on a job site? Do you, do you get, are they open-minded about it? Are they welcoming? Or do you, do you get some of them with attitude? I mean, tell us about some of the, I guess, struggles. You know, I think everybody thinks that I have a lot of struggles being a woman in the industry, and that's just really not the case. Good. Most of the contractors, they understand what my job is, what I can do for them, and they appreciate my help. Wow, that's great. Katie? I have, I've had a similar experience. Um, the contractors in my market are awesome. I enjoy just joking around with them. Um, they know that I'm there to help them, to support them. They come to me for the answers. They come to learn from me. Um, and it's, it's actually been really welcoming. Oh, excellent. Excellent. Mm -hmm. And one last thing before we get into our, our, our topic, um, what advice would you have for a young female technician in the truck right now who might be listening to us? Keep going at it. You are where you're supposed to be. If you want to be here, you are exactly where you're supposed to be. Robin, anything to add? I echo that, but just keep learning. Don't give up. Don't get discouraged. Yeah, that's good advice for every technician, yes. whatever gender they are. So thank you for that. So Steve, what's our topic for the day? So um, Katie, you mentioned um, you do a lot of P-series systems mm -hmm. in um, like data rooms, yes. right? And you mentioned IDF rooms. Yes. All right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So let's talk about that because P-series and M-series um, M-Series is really not a suitable fit for low ambient cooling, right? Right. So we got to go with a P-Series. And the reason for that is because with an M-Series, compressor ramps up, outdoor fan motors ramp up, right? And same thing when it ramps down, they both work together in unison. It's not ideal for low ambient cooling, right? So we go with the P-Series because now we can ramp that compressor up and we can drop our speed of our outdoor fan motors and get that that um, low ambient cooling. So, what are the, some some of the things that you see out in, in the field um, with the P series systems? With the P series, I see so the cooling only units, um, and we always put wind baffle kits on them. Yeah, that's going to help. In the Portland area, we typically only need the front wind baffle, so it gets down to zero degrees. In central and southern Oregon, we'll put the advanced wind baffle kit on there, so it can rammed down to minus 40 degrees if necessary. Minus 40. Wow. Minus 40. That's, that's really cool. So what, what set point temperature are they keeping these rooms at normally? Usually between 68 and 70 degrees. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So just like, um, I worked on a lot of, uh, with a lot of data room, uh, systems in the past and 68 degrees seems to be that, sweet spot. that, that sweet spot. They want that temperature at and, and data rooms and, you know, uh, server rooms and that type of the IDF rooms, um, static is a big issue, right? That they don't, mm -hmm. you can't have static and you get high static when you have low humidity, static electricity, not yeah. static, static yeah, let's, let's clarify that. Not static <laughs> yeah. pressure, but static, um, electricity. And that's bad for electronics, right? Mm -hmm. So we got to keep that humidity. And so how, how, what do you see first? Cause we, we can't provide humidity, right? Our systems don't put out humidity. So what do you see in these rooms? Do you have any struggles with static electricity or anything like that? Yeah, personally, I haven't just because my, uh, I guess my, uh, reach kind of stops. Right. At, right. Yeah. So you're not dealing with so that. I'm not dealing with the, yeah, that side of things. Humidity side of and, things. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. And just, I think we forgot to mention you're both with train. 
Yes. Right. And Katie, you mentioned Portland. I was going to say it's be clear. It's Portland, Oregon, not Maine. I learned to... two days ago that there's a Portland, Connecticut. I did not know that. The next time over. And Robin, what area are you in? I am in Dallas. Dallas. Oh, Dallas, wow. I don't think there's confusing that. Dallas, Texas. Yeah. Well, in DFW, I think that does. Yeah. All right. So why wouldn't I, or why can't I use an M-series in a critical cooling application? So really good question before we get into the answer. Um, so Robin and I were on the train side. So for us, the equivalent would be the NV series. Oh, ah, correct. I forgot right. about that. Yeah. That's right. Yep. Well, thank you for clarifying. So NV yes. series for M? Yes. Okay. P series is the same. It's still the same. Mm -hmm. okay. okay. All right. So let me rephrase the question. Why was a contractor, why would I not use an NV series unit in a critical cooling application? So like what we were talking about earlier, as your fans ramp up, your compressor ramps up, but on the opposite side, as your fans slow down, your compressor also ramps down. So it's not ideal. It's yeah. not ideal. So you're seeing decreased cooling capacity starting anything lower than 65 degrees. Okay. And in Portland, we get a lot cooler than 65 degrees in the winter. Yep. So really it's comfort cooling. And yes. once you get below 70, you you know, you really should be thinking of something else, which would be the P-Series. And it's mm -hmm. the P-Series whether we're talking Mitsubishi or train. Yes. Yeah. So what are some other types of systems that, um, Robin, that you're dealing with other than M&P? Are you doing anything commercial side? Yeah. So I'm on the commercial side of the of train okay. the CSO. So I work with City Multi primarily. The P-Series is... Pretty much the only mini split we're dealing with because we do like that P series professional product. You know, that's why they Good named point. it the P series. Yeah. So yeah. we don't generally deal with the M or NV series units. All right. And you're in Dallas. So when you do deal with the, with the P series units, are you also putting the wind baffles on there or pretty much that's not, we don't need. If it is a critical cooling application, we're expecting really low ambient temperatures during the winter for in Amarillo or even in North Texas, then yes, we'll put the front wind baffle. I don't think I have ever sold an advanced wind baffle. We don't need all of them. We don't need negative 40. Makes sense, yeah. I think if it got to negative 40 in Texas, everyone would just leave. So the, the problem <laughs> with Texas is if we're at negative 40, we don't have electricity anyways, yeah. so you're not going to be using your air yeah, conditioner. That's true. That's case in point is what happened a few years ago. Absolutely. So I, I'm going to speak Mitsubishi model numbers, but are you doing mostly Y-series, Robin, in, in Dallas? Or is it a mix of Y-series and the simultaneous heating and cooling branch, branch controller system? We usually work with the R2 system, which is the heat recovery system, okay. simultaneous heating and cooling uh, in various applications, from dorm rooms to high-end houses to offices and schools. Awesome. Now, what about the HVRF? Are you dabbling in that at all yet? We are trying to be one of the first labs in the country to have a hybrid VRF system in our San Antonio training facility. So we are very much looking forward to that in the upcoming year. Yeah. So for those of you that don't know what the HVRF system is, it's, it's, it's really a breakthrough. Um, we have a typical commercial outdoor unit with refrigerant from the outdoor unit to the HBC, the hybrid uh, branch controller. And from the branch controller to the indoor units is chilled water and hot water. How cool is wow. that? Right? So it's basically a chiller, right? Yeah. And you, you will both know more about this than I will, but this is going to help with ASHRAE. And is it standard mm -hmm. 15 or 30? I can never remember. 15. Which one. So ASHRAE, ASHRAE 15. Which is what? 
the refrigerant concentration amount in a space. Wow. So we run into that mostly in dorm rooms. So that is what I'm looking forward to applying the HVRF system to the most. Right. Mm-hmm. So now the the refrigerant will never leave the mechanical room. No, it'll just be water. It's basic a, a chiller, as I said. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Cool yeah. beans. That's that's awesome. So, Katie, what do you see on site visits for um, maybe bad practices or um, some installation errors? So, I think that VRF is absolutely fantastic if it is installed correctly. Absolutely. It is so install dependent. Yeah. Um, so, when I go out onto job sites, I'm making sure that uh, because... I deal with a lot of high-rise multifamily. So if we are using air-cooled heat recovery systems, we have to make sure that they're within the um, allowed vertical separation, that the condensing units aren't too high up on the roof. Um, If we do run into uh, those issues, then um, usually very early in the design phase, then we'll talk about using water source heat recovery VRF systems. Okay. So with the water source, so you have a cooling tower typically on the roof, and then you can put the water source condensing units in mechanical rooms. So So they're on the same floor, so you don't have any of that vertical separation. Awesome. Mm -hmm. So a lot of water source in where you're from? I've started up four or five water source jobs now. Um, And then I think as far as other installation practices go, making sure that you are pressure testing everything, evacuating um, and purging the system with nitrogen just to make sure that the system is completely dry, it's tight, um, nothing nothing is in the system except that refrigerant. Right, that's important. Mm-hmm. So um, do contractors call on you to do any uh, extended warranty startups or extended warranty, the extended warranty process? All the time. Yeah, so you need a DSB, an accurate DSB. As and built. as built. Yeah. Yep. yep. And they have to, you have to make sure they put the additional charge in there. That's so mm-hmm. important, right? So, and yep. you're the one actually doing the startups then? Yes. You just have the information. They give you the information mm-hmm. and you're putting it into the system and submitting Exactly. It. And Robin, are you doing likewise? Are you also doing startups? Yes, I am. Uh, we in Texas do not have a large amount of high-rise buildings. If we are lacking in anything, it is not land. So we tend to build out. I will call Katie for future water source startups. Please do. Um, but yeah, we are absolutely doing startups, myself and my team. Good. We do do the DSB with our contractors. We help them collect the data necessary to get the extended warranty. And we also work with our DCCs to make sure that they get their labor warranty also. And DCC is, for those who don't know, it's a diamond commercial contractor. This has been awesome. I appreciate it, Robin and Katie, for being on the podcast. Paul and I have been looking forward to this. We've been chasing you around for two days. We yeah. couldn't do this yesterday. Everybody was excited. We came in. Everybody was out there. We had the uh, casino night, and everybody and was it, gambling with fake money. And it just um, so. occurred to me, I don't think we've mentioned your last names. Do you want to keep it that way? You want to be anonymous? So let's give them your last names, or if you're okay with that? Okay. Robin, <laughs> let's go. My name is Robin Bowling. Okay. And I called you Katie Holmes earlier, but I think that's... <laughs> I have a different famous last name. Yeah. It's Forbes. Forbes. Katie, Katie Forbes. Forbes. Both with Train, Portland, and Dallas. Well, awesome. Thank Thanks. you both. We'll see you on the next time. episode. Yeah. Thank you for having us. Right. Thank you, gentlemen. All right. So, um, we need some fa. <laughs> yes. Yes. We've got to find a fa place. Because you'll be so, able to tell us if it's good fa, bad fa. Absolutely. 
All right, so we don't if so we don't say that word again. Um, what are some other Vietnamese dishes that you make? Ooh, uh, banh mi, so the sandwiches on baguettes, and mm. banh sao, which is a uh, coconut milk pancake filled with shrimp and really? pork, oh, bean sprouts. Oh. Amazing. It sounds amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we only ate like four times today, but we're still hungry. No, yeah, they give us food every two hours. <laughs> this is going to be awful. a little though. No, no, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go home and I want to tell my wife I haven't eaten two hours. What's in the fridge? <laughs> <laughs>